When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to another episode of Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. My name is Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, do you ever feel that sometimes you're on a financial and emotional roller coaster? Some days everything's going well and you think, thank goodness, I finally got things working. Only for the next day or maybe the week or the next month, everything comes crashing around you. My guest today is Vanessa Shaw and she's on a mission to eradicate smallness from the small business world and stop the financial and emotional roller coaster that many entrepreneurs face. She's a sought after speaker and expert on business mastery, personal leadership and six and seven figure income strategies. She's also the creator of the boutique business model and the big bold event. And her zone of genius is helping entrepreneurs have breakthroughs and paradigm shifts around creating more wealth and success in their business and life. Vanessa now lives in Scottsdale, Arizona with her husband, Robert, their two children and a collection of four-legged animals. Now on today's show, Vanessa's going to share how we can break through our upper limit, how to shatter your personal glass ceiling and take your life and business to the next level. Welcome to the show, Vanessa. Hey, Anne-Marie. It's great to be here. This is a topic I know many ambitious entrepreneurs can relate to. Some weeks and months and maybe even quarters, they have a great uh, income and got lots of new clients. And then only the next quarter, the next month, it plummets again. And something that they're constantly looking for is being able to build momentum and keep that sustainable. So you, you're bringing a lot of your insights and wisdom to this area. Can't wait to share. Tell us a little bit about how you got into your business. I always love to, to find out a little bit of a backstory in your journey. Yeah, absolutely. It's a question I always love to answer as well, because, you know, I, I always say I came into business just with a real intuitive sense of I wanted to just build my own business. I've no idea, Anne-Marie, where that even came from, mm. because I wasn't from a family of entrepreneurs. And it was that's been with me for, for ever since I could remember. Um, and the second thing was, I just knew that if I was growing a business, building a business, it had to be one that made a difference. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about the age of about nine or 10 when I felt like that, you know, those are, that's language I would definitely use nowadays, Mm -hmm. but back then I would have never used that kind of language. So truly don't know where that came from. Um, I had a foray into, you know, a couple of jobs, J-O-Bs over the years, nothing that was satisfying. I never felt like I was the career girl and that was going to be for me. And um, in fact, I, I gave up, you know, any sort of chance of career to, bring up my children. I was a stay-at-home mom for almost 10 years. And it was after that that I kind of went, well, I truly am unemployable now. And perhaps it's time to start that dream. And, you know, just like, let's explore what, you know, running my own business would be like. And it involved me actually having to retrain. I, I retrained as a professional life coach back then. 
And um, that's really how it all it, it all took off. You know, I was a life coach. I rapidly got an opportunity to do some corporate coaching in a major law firm in Europe, and then found myself, you know, building a team of coaches around me and sort of scaling that business. Um, and then it was really following steps, you know, from that point onwards. Part of my story is, you know, I kind of had that deal early on, thought mm. it was really easy to grow a business and wondered why everybody was talking about problems um, until I lost that law firm contract. And honestly, Emery, at that point, I was like, I have to be really honest, I don't know what I'm doing here. Mm. And I've no idea how I was kind of like set about recreating what I'd had. Um, and that's what got me onto the track today of like needing to, you know, develop those skills for myself. Like, what does it really take to grow a sustainable business, right? You were talking about momentum and consistency, like a sustainable business that you can count on. Um, and then that really turned into, yeah, we, we discovered some things that really worked. So, hey, let's let's share that with those other business owners that could be struggling with similar things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think today when we're looking at the marketplace, and technology, because of the fact that technology allows us now to do business globally from wherever we are in the world, plus a number of you know incredible people entering the marketplace, means that it's so much more competitive, so much noise going out there that for any ambitious entrepreneur, whether they're coach, consultant, service-based provider, product provider, we need to have some key things in place if we want to be heard, but then continue to maintain that momentum that we're building. It is. It's so important. And as you say, there's just a, a lot of noise. I mean, you know, as we're talking, I'll be, you know, very transparent. I'm looking about the amount of tabs I've got open on my on my desktop in front of me and the different social media channels and everything. And there's days when even for me, I'm like, where did that message even come through? You know, which chat was it? Which email? Mm. Which, which device? And it's true, you know, if we think about that just from our own perspective and we're trying to reach those potential clients, yes, we've got to, we've got to have some good strategies, stand out, be different and, and really know how to engage with other people so that we can build that business. Let's talk then about breaking through your upper limit, how to shatter your personal glass ceiling and take your life and business to the next level. What are some things that uh, we need to know, we need to start doing and possibly even we need to stop doing because it's keeping us stuck? it's limiting us yeah so one of the things that you know I've, I've really dug into for myself over the years you know was particularly financial limits um, because you know for me ultimately growing a business is you know yes it's serving more people you know it's having that that bigger the bigger reach from a client-based perspective but it's also generating more income and keeping more income like really being profitable if you want to be a healthy business and uh, the reason that that was something that was important to me is it's something I really struggled with with myself. Mm. I was very passionate. I was great at client work. You know, I loved doing that, but I certainly had my head in the sand around numbers. It was at that point where I lost that contract that I actually nearly went bankrupt. I mean, that's like how much my head in, was in the sand. And I realized that I had to start to, you know, understand more about my own relationship with money and finances and that side of the business. And, um, you know, at that point, I started to take the business more seriously and would set myself goals. You know, it's like, hey, I'd love to be earning, you know, X. Um, back then I had this number and, you know, I'll share it just in, you know, transparency. I kind of had this magic number of like $300,000 mm -hmm. that in my mind, 
that was somehow magical. And if I could only break through that level, it really meant I was successful, you know? And it took me a long time to break through that number. So I was like, what is it that's going on here, right? That's really making, you know, making this so challenging. I mean, I I had it as a goal and as I say, it took me, you know, several years to really break through that number. And so that's what got me on this journey for myself was looking at, okay, is it, is it that my business model first and foremost is faulty? Like really does, does my business model make sense to even enable me to get to break through that number? And when I talk about a business model, really in its simplest terms, Anne-Marie, it's sort of like, you know, the amount of clients that I can feasibly serve as as a small business owner. Back then it was, you know, very much a solopreneur. The prices, right, I'm charging and the amount of time it takes me to deliver my services. You know, if I if I do the math on that, is it even possible? And I see that for a lot of people that they've got a business, you know, they haven't really thought through those basics of the business model. And they may have a goal, but the reality is they can't ever achieve it with the way they're sort of set up initially. Yeah. So for me, it was, you know, it was looking at that and saying, okay, my business model actually needs to change because back then um, there was me trying to break through that $300,000 limit when I was basically charging by the hour. Mm. Well, you've got to have, you know, a high hourly rate or, you know, I mean, there's just lots of different things that come into play if, if you want to be, you know, earning that kind of money. So it was sort of like, okay, my business model is faulty. But that's at one level, and that's at a very practical level. But then what I also discovered is that subconsciously, there was really a limitation around what breaking through that level actually meant for me. And that was the piece that was really like the hidden force underneath like the surface of my business that was kind of, you know, it was just like sabotaging that growth. And, um, you know, you may have come across this concept before, the listeners may have come across this, but, you know, sort of unconsciously, we actually all have a set point that and financially this really plays out that we're kind of comfortable receiving at and when we start to go above that set point we'll either sabotage or you know we'll do something to you know slow the flow of that sort of financial flow down and I realized that unconsciously you know a I, I really didn't believe that I merited you know that that amount of income that I was kind of like taking my business seriously but that I was also concerned about you know perhaps judgment and what other people would think of me you know if I was earning that kind of money and so these were some unconscious you know much much deeper thought processes that were holding me back and Mm -hmm. and that's something now that we really see with a lot of people I'm often looking at is it for, for breaking through that upper limit, like let's look practically, is the model, like is your business model right to start with? But we've also got to look at the mindset of what do you really think will happen if you get to that level? Because if we've got some you know, negative thought patterns playing out underneath the surface, you bet we're going to sabotage, right? And not want to get to that goal because we're really concerned about this sort of unconscious bad thing that's going to happen. Mm. I think mindset, no matter what we're doing, is going to keep us stuck if it's you know based on a limiting belief or something that continues to sabotage us. If someone's listening today and they hadn't really thought seriously 
honestly about, you know, what is my mindset? Is the beliefs that I have around money, growth of my business, getting out there, if that's keeping me stuck, what are some things that you may perhaps have done or certainly with your clients have done that have allowed them to shift through that, to shatter through those limiting beliefs? Yeah, I think one of the one of the ones that really comes up so much, and it was certainly one of the ones for me back there, which you kind of like links in with model and mindset, right? Mm is that for for me i was i was at a point where i was working really hard and i just couldn't see how i could break through it without working even harder right. and i was putting in the hours and it was like i just don't want to work any more hours than this like you know my you know my my personal life is going to suffer and my kids aren't going to see me so for a lot of people they're equating that you know sort of earning more with actually having to do considerably more or work even longer hours um, so again, once we've uncovered that, if that really, you know, if that really is like the limiting belief that's sitting underneath there, that's when we can come back to say, okay, what needs to happen from the business model? Do we really need to recreate that? Frankly, often it is, you know, we, we have to change something there. Mm. And of course, at that point, we'd also be looking at, well, let's look at, you know, who else? right, can support you in the business. Because the truth is we get to a certain level in business and you just cannot sustain it as one person. So, you know, that's when we start to look into, you know, getting an assistant, you know, building team, who else can be doing some of this work or how can it be outsourced so that, you know, you're you're leveraging your, your time and your own resources more effectively. So that's one that, you know, really, really comes up a lot. Mm. But I so, you know, I would really ask the question as well, like, you know, the, the bigger question is what are, what are my concerns other people are going to say about me? You know, really, what are, what are my deeper concerns about what, what people might think or what people might say? Because every single time, Anne-Marie, when I ask that question and we dig into it, there is always somebody, one person that somebody is concerned about being judged by. Yeah. And, you know, and unfortunately, I'd love to say that this wasn't the case, but oftentimes that person is somebody that's actually very close to you. You know, they'll sort of say, oh, I don't know who it is. You know, it's just people, you know, just worry what people say. Well, who? Like, who specifically? And it can be, you know, a family member, a parent, a sibling, even a spouse. It tends to be somebody that's fairly close. Um, and that we're worried about really what they're going to think or say about us and possibly, you know, jeopardizing that relationship as well, if and when we're more successful. So again, that's just a great one to, you know, really uncover so that then we can just be more conscious around the choices that we're making as we start to up level. Yeah, it's really good to be able to take a step back, isn't it? And do some reflection around that, because quite often when we start to, for instance, you the example that you gave about not wanting to work more hours because of the fact that we're already stressed. If we're not going to go there to, to look at, OK, well, what are some of the steps that we need to put into place, resources, different business model if we don't address it we can never come to a solution so awareness and being able to look at that the courage to look at something and question around it really is a first step isn't it no matter where we're at and no matter what we're struggling with have you found that to be true too 
Absolutely, Emma. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's what I would say. It's like awareness, right? We've got to shine the light on these different places. Mm. Um, and and absolutely, because awareness ultimately just gives... Awareness is about giving us choices. That's yes. really what it is. Because And then at that point, we can choose, you know... Okay, do we do we keep you know going the way we're going? That that was a choice, and we do nothing, or do we now have new choices available to us that we're actually going to take some action around? Yeah, yeah, amazing. And so, talking a little bit about the business model, because for many, there's many coaches I know and consultants or service-based business owners who very much are selling their services, so their expertise. It can be very difficult when you're talking to a prospective client, particularly if you do have some of those beliefs but if we look at some of the practical steps like the the business model what are some things that you uh, you did differently the different choices that you made because I know many people listening today are going to relate to the charging by the hour model because that's what they're still following totally that was one of the first changes I made you know and again you know we can raise our hourly rate right that's one way we could you know we can we can get more income but there's typically only so far we can go with that before we're into unhealthy comparisons with other sort of service providers and you know and people will always compare against people like doctors and top lawyers and and then you get kind of challenged around your fees mm -hmm. so one of mm -hmm. you know whilst I did I mean I initially raised my hourly rate I quickly moved to a packaged model so you know it was it was no longer sort of saying yes to work with me you know it's kind of whatever it is you know two hours of coaching per month yes. and it was you know back then I think I was charging about $300 an hour right so it's like $600 a month mm. so it, you know I quickly moved away from that and really started to look at the truth is when people are working with any service provider then they don't want our time in fact, if they could get the results in considerably less time, that would be really valuable. Um, and I always use the analogy of, you know, you imagine, and I use this analogy because I don't like going to dentists, yes. <laughs> had bad experiences in the past. But, you know, if you imagine that you have got, you know, really dreadful toothache and you need something done, um, you're going to pay a lot more and value a lot more a dentist that can really get literally to the root of that problem very, very quickly, you know, get you out of pain and get you into a solution rather than somebody, and they might be able to do that say in 20 minutes, rather than somebody that's kind of wedded to, well, I'm going to bill you by the hour, so therefore I'll take several hours to sort this out, you know, yeah. because that's how I'm going to charge you. So for me, it was that mindset shift of thinking it's not, you know, our prospective clients aren't valuing the time spent with us. They're valuing the outcomes and the results that they will get as a result of spending that time with us. So that was a, a massive mindset shift that I had to make um, that then enabled me to say, kind of reverse engineering to that, uh, Anne-Marie, honestly, it was to say, well, okay, let's look at what are the results that they're really wanting to get? And now how do I design my offer and my services in the best possible way so that they can get those results? Mm. And um, what that enabled me to do, you know, in our particular business model was just look at, okay, different levels of how people can engage with us. So, Yes, I still take on a handful of, you know, private sort of high-end clients. They're going to get my expertise directly on them and their business. 
But I was also able to sort of look at, okay, well, the types of things that I'm teaching to those private clients, you know, I can teach the same thing to a group full of people, you know, 100 people in a room, 50 people in a room. So that means that, you know, for those people, they can get that expertise. They don't have to pay the premium private rates. Uh, but my time is very, very leveraged when I'm, you know, teaching or coaching them yes. uh, for a group. So it's it's just starting to then look at really how do we like package up that, you know, package our expertise and start to deliver it in different ways so that A, we are, you know, serving more people because the, the irony now is I'm serving, you know, our business is so much bigger than it was. And the reality is I'm probably working considerably less than I ever was, you know, but when, if I compare it back to those days when I was desperately trying to break through my own glass ceiling and couldn't get there because I was working too hard. By the way that you're explaining those packages where they're outcome focused, when you're talking to a prospective client about the outcomes, because it, they can immediately see that the challenges and the problems and issues they're struggling with will be eliminated or certainly be fast tracked to their goal, which they've, they've been you know struggling to achieve. I'd imagine that when we're talking about it in that way, people are kind of oh, when can I start? What what you know what what do I need to do to start moving in this process? Oh, totally. Absolutely. I mean, when it's when it's a fit, it really is. At that point, people are, you know, they're leaning in They're They're really getting it because they're getting it because they feel understood first and foremost, because as you say we're, we're now having conversations not around, you know, let's spend time together, which is a classic sort of, you know, coaching model. It's really about saying, well, you've got these, say, let's say three core problems that you're really wanting to solve. We know that we can help you achieve these types of results. And when it's a match, it becomes a, yeah, like, how do we get started? What does yes. that look like? Mm -hmm. So we've talked about business models. We've talked about uh, how important it is to really do a check-in for our mindset. Are there things that are holding us back? What are other things that you typically see that has these ambitious business owners play small and they need to really be mindful of and break through if they then want to break through their upper limit? You know, the first one I would say is that really forgetting as well, kind of probably the bigger dream of why they went into business in the first place. You know, I've seen that over the years, and I'm sure you have as well, that, you know, in those early days, we can be very dreamy and optimistic. Then you get into the reality yeah. of business, and it's not quite as, you know, rose-tinted as, you know, you might have thought in the early days. And we can, you know, kind of like lose sight of those, what I call the big, bolder goals that we wanted to achieve. So one of the things that I'm, you know, always saying with prospects and with our clients is like, dare to dream big again. Let's just like really shake this up. Dare to dream big. Like, why did you go into business in the first place? Like, what were those reasons like in an ideal world? And let's build the business based on that, not based on now what you think you can get or what you think you even deserve or, you know, perhaps what the past few years have given you, right? Let's like re-engage with that bigger thinking, um, which is far more motivating. And I, you know, I'm often asking them the question, it's like, what do you really want? But I want you to now own it. Like, don't be embarrassed, mm -hmm. um, especially with me, like it's the safest place to share because I'm going to guard, you know, your dreams and goals preciously. But like dare to claim what you really 
want. And that's, that's a place, you know, I, we're not conditioned by society, let's face it. It's, you know, I think, you know, whether you're down under in Oz, here in the States, I think at times they're, they're better at, you know, thinking bigger. Yes. Um, and that kind of American dream. I certainly know, you know, UK, you know, Oz in the UK, I think we share quite a lot of cultural similarities. We're sort of taught to, you know, dumb it down a bit, right? Yeah. And, you know, don't brag and, you know, be grateful for what you have and, you know, not, not dream big. So that's for me is a place that I'm often re-engaging people with. Mm-hmm. Like, let's build the business that really is of your dreams. A, you might get there and really surprise yourself, which a lot of our clients do. But then it, even if you're falling short of that, it's probably going to be considerably further than you would have been aiming at, you know, previously. And then I think linked linked to that is, you know, playing small. I see this a lot, again, particularly with service-based business providers. They kind of are going for the clients that are easy to get. It's almost like the fact that, you know, their friends, their friends and family, they their clients that aren't challenging them as a service provider to really hone their skills and step up their game. And what tends to happen there is often those clients, you know, tend to not be the best clients. They're not always the the, the most committed. Um, you know, they're not going to do the work. They're not going to kind of partner with you as that service provider. So what then happens is that can really affect the self-esteem and confidence of that service provider. They kind of take it back on for themselves. And I work with a lot of women. So I think this is, you know, quite classic with women is they quickly blame themselves. Yes. And I'm saying, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's really look at, are these really like the ideal clients for you. We call them champagne clients in our business. It's quite fun. We call them beer, wine, and champagne clients. (laughs) And you can imagine where I'm going with that. Wine and champagne is Mm. totally okay, but beer is like, no, we're not going to go there. (laughs) And so often when I get them to analyze, you know, really honestly, they're going to go, oh, my gosh, like there are so many beer clients. And no wonder I'm feeling like, you know, so demotivated and my business feels heavy and it doesn't feel exciting. So it's another place where people are playing small and safe. They think they can get as opposed to the ones that they could really do their best work with. And frankly, you know, the, the type of clients that will really help them to grow as a business owner. Uh, and I've seen that in my own business, Amory, over the last few, you know, few years. I mean, we have people in programs now. I mean, they're brilliant. They're just I mean, you know, they're so dynamic. They're running amazing businesses. You know, they're true, true experts in their own right. And I'm, I kind of pinch myself to go, wow, how wonderful that you know they pay, they pay me to be in a program, and I get to learn so much from them, right? Amazing. And get to grow, get to grow in that process as well. Mm. So I think you know, those are another key area where there's opportunities to step it up. Yeah. And I think from, you know, everything that you've said is just brilliant and so very important. And one of the things that I often see as, you know, any entrepreneur, whether they're service-based, product-based or both, one of the key things is to be able to surround yourself with like-minded people. Because you mentioned something that often happens in the UK and particularly in 
in Australia is around that tall poppy syndrome. And, mm -hmm. you know, in, in actual fact, I've got a hashtag, which is hashtag be the tall poppy. Surround yourself with other women and men who are doing incredible things and we can all lift each other up. Because if we are traveling in the groups that try to pull us down, that are very negative, that always look for the ways that the things are going wrong or won't work, that is one way to keep us playing small and just never really breaking out of our glass ceiling is it oh totally absolutely and you know especially if we're talking about you know financial glass ceilings as well you know you really you got to look around and i think it was jim Rohn that said you know you're the average of the five people that you you know spend the most time with well you you're going to be earning the average of the five people that you know are surrounding you as well yeah and you know because that's just that that is the way that the world works you know we, we kind of stay in those those comfort zones and so that means that yes if you're you know wanting to grow a business be more lucrative um you know obviously be profitable and then starting to have some of the trappings that will come with that over time and i'm not talking about necessarily being overly materialistic but you know, people notice when, when, when you've shifted and you're able to invest more in yourself and you're getting more confidence or perhaps you are moving to a bigger house because finally, you know, you can afford it or you're going on a different holiday or, you know, vacation. If you're in the wrong group, again, you're, you, you're likely to be judged. As you said, it's that tall poppy syndrome. Whereas if you surround yourself with other people that are my preference is always considerably ahead of me on the path I want to be on. Yes. You know, the minute I start yeah. to feel myself like rising to the top of a group, I'm like, I know it's time for me to, you know, change and, and get into a different space. Then those conversations are just so normal. You know, conversations around, you know, wealth and, and growing a business and, and aspiring to more and, you know, making a bigger difference in the world. You know, I remember I used to have those conversations in the wrong place when I first started out and people would say, wow, you're kind of so evangelical. Um, and they weren't, they weren't saying it, Anne-Marie, uh, to compliment me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to think they were, but they weren't. <laughs> they were insulting me. Mm. But I was, I was having the wrong, you know, it was, it was a good conversation, but it was with the wrong crowd. Mm, yeah. And exactly what happens when you do surround yourself with people who are just up to great things the conversations are different you can bounce ideas off one another and often you know have ideas that you that will expand on what you're already doing and everybody wins and obviously who we impact greatly are our clients and the people who get to hear and consume our content so it's an incredible when you think what is possible not just for our own businesses but the impact that we can have globally totally yeah it's it is it's just so true you know mm. and, and it's more fun that way as well i mean that's it that's you know that's been something for me in this last couple of years you know and it comes back to that you know mindset that perhaps i used to have that you know work was about being professional and being serious because that was kind of the corporate model and my parents were very professional mm. and very english of course and uh you know these last couple of years i've been like what the heck is my own business like i should be really having a lot of fun yeah. Honestly, that's one of our measures now. It's, you know, not only the financial glass ceiling, but it's really like the fun glass mm -hmm. ceiling. It's really how much more fun could we be having, you know? And that's whether we're experiences that we're enjoying, travel that we do a lot, or, and, and people that we hang out with. Because, you know, I am ultimately a people person, 
But yeah, it just be, everything becomes so much more enjoyable when you're surrounded by the right people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you sound like an absolute delight. So does your your business, and I'm sure you're making an incredible impact in the world through the work that you do with your clients as well. So, if people have listened today and they'd love to find out more about the programs that you offer and to connect with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, great question. Thanks for asking. You know, one of the one of the easiest ones is to just go straight to our website, vanessashaw.com. Sign up there. There's probably a question that says something like, are you ready to be bold and play bigger? And obviously you're going to say yes. We give a lot of freebies and videos and blogs and tips. There's just a ton of free resources that we're constantly giving out to, to help. Um, and otherwise, Facebook as well. Great place to connect with me directly on Facebook because we do, you know, we do, do a lot of live trainings and Facebook lives as well there. So again, these are just all free resources and a, and a way to find out what we're up to. And then some of the events and workshops that we host, you know, if that's, if that's a fit and if it's speaking to you. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was really a pleasure, Anne-Marie. Thank you. And I guess you're beginning of the day now and I'm ending. So. Yeah, it's uh, actually, no, it's one twelve. So one twelve in the afternoon, but we are a day ahead of you in the US and um, so we're call I'm calling in from your future and it's going to be an amazing day, by the way, just letting you in on that secret. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that if you're a service-based business and you're still using that one-to-one -one model, then what Vanessa has shared today about changing up your business model to be able to work with more people and work less time in your business, have more money is certainly something that you want to find out more about. So please connect with Vanessa as well as checking in. What's your mindset? And is that supporting you at the moment or perhaps not? You need to look at that as well. Now, for those of you who have just joined us for the first time to listen to the show, it has been an honour. Please come back. We'd love to spend some more time with you again next week. Other than that, have a fantastic week and we'll catch you again soon. Hi, it's Anne-Marie. Have you enjoyed listening to the show and have thought about creating your own podcast so you too can become an influential voice in your industry, but you just don't know where to start? I've created a special gift just for you. It's my free mini training, Podcasting with Purpose, where you'll learn what you need to do to stand out, be heard and influence your audience from your very first podcast. I'm also giving you my step-by-step -step podcast production workflow checklist, including the tools I use, as well as a checklist of no-cost and low-cost tools to get you started. To access, go to annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. That's annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.